Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Jeff, and this is the Hooniverse Podcast, episode 164. No Zach tonight, no Chris tonight, just me. Chris wanted you all to know that he is not dead. We didn't kill him. He's still alive. He's out there. He's just been incredibly busy with all of his techie ongoings. He has a lot of other companies that he's he's trying to build and turn into things, and he's very close to doing that with a bunch of them. So let's all wish him luck. But um, he'll be he'll be podcasting with us soon. So it'll be all good. Don't you worry. Uh, Zach is in the United Kingdom. Zach, uh, Zach is in the United Kingdom. I. I'm assuming he's doing something for Drive, but I don't know. Um, when he gets back later in the week, we're going to get together, and I think it's about time we do another YouTube comment video. A YouTube video commenter comments, because Zach wants to do voices. So that could be that could be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, we're going to do a little solo podcast. So we might not run the full hour, but... I mean, hopefully we get close. If I hit 45 minutes, I'll be happy. And hopefully you'll be happy. So what's up? Uh, I'm not drinking beer right now. I'm actually drinking white wine because I just got back from a long road trip. Ten days on the road. And there was a lot of food, a lot of beer at all the stops. And I just feel full. I just feel real full. Um... Before the trip, I was the lowest I'd weighed in, in a very long time, and I think I'm right back to where I was. So, good times, good times. But, uh, you know, when you do a road trip like that, that's what happens. So, whatever. So, let me take a sip of my wine. I'm not going to tell you what kind it is like I do with the beer, because honestly, who gives a shit? And it's, it's not good wine. I'll tell you that much. Uh, if I was drinking good wine, I'd let you know. So, the road trip. Audi Q7, 2017 Audi Q7. The route flew into Dulles, picked the Q7 up at Dulles, and then we drove right away three hours out out past Richmond to this small town called Lotsburg, which I'm sure none of you have heard of. <clears throat> Our flight was supposed to be a red-eye Thursday night. About six hours before the flight, we get a, an email, um, my wife and I, that our flight's been canceled. So that's fun. We had the day planned out. Sloan was going to sleep on the red eye. We were going to get in the car first thing in the morning and drive. It was going to be great. It was going to be perfect. That's out the window. The earliest flight is the next day at like 10 a.m. And going west to east, not on a red eye, sucks. Your your day is shot. So we land at like 6 p.m. And then we still have three hours of driving. But the Q7 tackled it fine. It has these auto headlights, which were fantastic. Um, they work really, really well. They turn off early, so you're not blinding the other guy at all. As soon as it sees other headlights, as soon as they come around the corner, boom, you don't have to touch it. They're off. Um, drove by a random drag strip that was going off somewhere on the, the Virginia-Maryland uh, b- border. It was actually a really nice drive. Crossed this bridge into, Mar- uh, into Virginia as the sun was going down right near the Dahl Green Naval Base. Beautiful, lovely part of the country. Um, that was a really nice part. We stopped there. Her, her family, who has she hasn't seen in 20 years, it's, it's her father's family was having a family reunion. And it's part of the family that my wife hasn't seen in decades. So it was uh, it was cool. I'd never met them. They were all great people, very nice. We had a uh, crab bake. 
Um, they had land and a horse, and it was on the water. I mean, it was really, really nice. And the Audi did great down there. But then it was time to hit the road. Time to put that big, bad German fat wagon to use. So we headed up, and we um, pointed the car north, met some friends in Baltimore for lunch, and then got the hell out of there because it was like 100 million degrees with the humidity. Uh, And we carried on to New Jersey, where we spent the night with friends from college. And that was great to see them. The Q7 was comfortable. Uh, But the next morning, it was time to continue the journey onward. So we continued on. We stopped in Norwalk, Connecticut to meet a friend for a lunch to break up the the drive and, you know, to help Sloan out, give her some time out of the car. And then we continued on up all the way to Boston, technically Winthrop, right next to Boston. And we stayed at my father's house for two days. And that was great. Uh, Great little town that I'm from outside of uh, Boston. Boston was beautiful. Weather was doing great. Uh, we actually went into the Children's Museum, um, which is a is fucking psychotic. The Boston Children's Museum is great probably if you have a kid who's a little bit older. Sloan was just a little bit too young for this. Though they have a room just for younger children, which is really smart of them. But not being in that room was absolute pure fucking chaos. Just kids running and screaming. And I mean, this is a perfect place to bring your kids. I saw at least... Ten nannies having lunch together with all their respective children that they cattle carted in, um, but it was cool. There were there were cool things for the kids to see and do. Um, so, if your kid's a little older, it's perfect. Uh, but after that, we went back to Winthrop, and then the next day we hit the road up to New Hampshire to my mom's house, up to Manchester, actually Goffstown, just next to Manchester. And that's nice and relaxing up there. It's it's a it's it's my my mother lives with her sister, who's my aunt, and her husband, who's my uncle. They have a huge house, so and they don't have kids, so um, they get along great. She has her own apartment as part of the house. The house is big; it has a pool in the backyard. Um, he's got some motorcycles. He's got some cars, and then if you're into it, he's got guns. Which I'm normally, uh, you know, I'm from Boston and I'm from California. Southern California, so I'm not a gun guy, but when I'm there, let's shoot some guns. It's very New Hampshire. It's awesome. Um, Then we grilled some steaks. We had some fun. So then we came down. I came down from New Hampshire because it was time to celebrate my birthday, and my wife had purchased a ticket to see my favorite band in the world playing at my favorite baseball stadium in the world. I got to see Pearl Jam play Fenway Park. And it was fucking awesome. Now, if you're if you're if you're picking up on this, I, I mean, I'm going to get to more car stuff. But to talk about a road trip, it's not always about the car. It's about the trip. So that's why we're getting into basically the whole guts of the trip before diving into a little bit more of the car and then other car things. So my wife drops me off so that then she can leave and meet. Uh, other family members to go start planning for my daughter's East Coast one year. Yes, we did an East Coast and a West Coast because all of our family is on the East Coast. We did her actual birthday on the West Coast, and then we did her East Coast birthday on the East Coast. This is not going to be a habit. This is not you know something that we're going to do all the time. But for the first birthday, we had to do it. So my wife dropped me off in Winthrop with my friends who I was my I'm still friends with my high school friends. This group of guys, great group of guys. Um, and my wife reached out to them 
early to see if they had an extra Pearl Jam ticket, and they did, and she surprised me with it. And I mean, it's it's amazing. I love Boston. I love the Red Sox. I love Fenway Park, and I love Ten, Pearl Jam. Ten was the first CD I ever owned. I saw them when I was 18 years old in Montreal. We took a bus trip up before we all went to college. Um, it was just fantastic. Loved them ever since. And I've only seen them, you know, most Pearl Jam fans, hardcore fans are like, oh, I've seen them anywhere from 15 to 115 times. You know, you never know. I know one of my one of my uh, friends who's an automotive journalist, Sebastian Blanco for Autoblog Green, he's seen them over 70 times. Matt Farah is going to see them in Chicago at Wrigley, and he, this is his 50th show. My one friend who bought the tickets, this is, was in the teens. This was my fourth show. So I don't get to see them as often as I like. But, I mean, they were so good. And we were really, really drunk. Now, this wasn't the concert wasn't on my actual birthday. Uh, I, I saw them on the Friday show. They were playing a Sunday show, which was my actual birthday, but we had to fly out that day, which was fine. Just getting to see them at all was amazing. And they were so good, and it was awesome. It was just, I mean, I was... A, my seats were on the field, so I was basically at center field at Fenway Park. We got to watch up and walk up and touch the monster. If you go to my Instagram, you can see a photo of me and, and my, my buddies, like, again, near the wall. And it says, where it normally has the scoreboard, it says Boston, it says Pearl Jam. So awesome. Um, so I loved it. I loved it. Now, back to the car, though. Because, you know, that's really what this is about, I guess, most of the time. Uh, the Q7, as I said a m- number of times, is great. It was wonderful on the highway swallow the miles that three liter turbo did an amazing job um it was really i mean it it just it i could cruise at 85 and it was quiet inside so i wasn't getting side eye glances how fast are you going none of that um super comfortable plenty of room to swallow our luggage and then all of sloan's stuff and then her i mean car seats these days and yes we brought our car seat with us our huge so her huge car seat in the middle row the third row was folded down so that was a stroller back there uh two um suitcases uh some toys some baby bags just i mean anything you can think of it was back there uh, but the, the q7 swallowed no problem uh it was neat driving you know in the different states, it's always fun driving to to places you haven't been before or haven't been in a while. Uh, I do get a little nervous out on the road, though, outside of Southern California, because here in Southern California, the roads are almost too crowded for them to do um, uh, uh, speed traps. If you're on the 405, you almost never, 99.9% of the time that you are on the 405, you will not see a speed trap, uh, especially in the LA area. Maybe it's different once you get down to San Diego, but I mean, I, I barely, barely, barely see them. Now there are other highways like the 73 or, um, uh, you know, parts of PCH where, where you'll occasionally see them, but the 405 and the five, you're pretty much good to go. So when you go to other States, you have to remember that, Oh, right. Everywhere else does speed traps. And I remember that, but I still cruise and I brought my radar detector and I kept saying, oh, I'll put it up at the next stop. I'll put it up at the ne- next stop because I kept it in my bag since we landed at Dulles and we're immediately driving through Virginia. So there was no way it was going up there. Um, but I, I never put it up the entire time. I just, ne- I keep, I kept forgetting about it and I saw cops, but, um, Waze was doing a really good job, surprisingly of learning about speed traps and, um, and you just kind of cruise and you go with the flow. And then when you know you can go, you go. I was between 80 and 85 the whole time. And and with that and then driving with the little bit of city driving that we did, I averaged about 24 miles per gallon. And it's rated at 25 on the highway. So, I mean, I think we were right there. It was, it was pretty great. One thing I did absolutely love 
um, was folks getting out of the way of the left lane. Whenever I'm out of California, now those of you who don't live in California or Southern California more specifically, you might say to yourself, you know, there's, hold on, I just got to adjust my screen because it just blinked on me, but I know it's still recording, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, This is what happens when you're running dual monitors because it's fun. All right, so there we go. Yeah, so whenever I'm uh, out of California, people get out of the left lane. Now, some of you might be screaming, no, nobody does that, nobody does that. I'm telling you, every state I was in, now it's not every car on the road, but but 80% of the cars on the road, if they're in the left lane and you're up, you're coming up on them, they'll move. In California, no one does. No one. No one, no one, no one. If you get outside north of L.A. or sometimes on the five between Orange County and San Diego, sometimes they'll move. But no, they don't get out of the way. So even that 75 to 80% that were doing it out on the highways where I was driving, it just, it was great. They saw me coming. I even flashed a couple of people. They knew what that meant. They got out of the way. Um, It was absolutely, absolutely wonderful. And the car was comfortable and had a great sound system, you know, for when Sloan wasn't sleeping and all that. And it was just, it was awesome. It was awesome, awesome. Also, the all black chargers, I forget which state I was in where I saw those with the steel wheels. Those look badass. I don't want one behind me in my rear view, but it'd be fun to tool around it. Um, still, all that having been said, the Hellcat would have been really fun. It would have been a terrible choice for a road trip like this, but the Charger Hellcat would have been really, really fun. I think I would have bonded that much more with uh, my wife's Virginia family, but whatever, whatever. So we uh, drop the Q7 off at the airport in Boston, and then we get on the plane, and we fly to LA, and I picked up the Honda Ridgeline. And this is actually something I'm really, really curious about. Uh, you know, the Ridgeline's gone away for a while, and now it's back. Um, and I think they did a really good job of, of the, the design on this. I actually, I really like the way it looks. I think, I mean, some people might think it looks like a pilot with a bed. Um, but, I mean, it's supposed to resemble its family. And I don't know. I think there's something kind of cool about it. Inside, it's almost like it has Acura seats because they're super comfortable. I mean, I know Honda does good seats too, but these are like Acura level comfortable seats. The one I wanted is a pretty loaded one. Um, it's the RTL, and their trim names on these are really weird. I don't. I, mean, I didn't go to the launch, so I don't know why they're all named this. But this one is RTL hyphen E. That's this trim, and it's it's the it's nearly the highest one. The only one higher is this special black edition. So it's fully loaded. It's it's forty two thousand dollars. You can you can spec these out higher. You can inch near fifty if you add like you know um, anything that you could throw at a truck, they'll offer it. Uh, but this one is 42, which I mean, trucks are expensive, uh, but so, uh, I, I didn't want an all wheel drive one. I really, really wanted a rear wheel drive one so I could do dumb, dumb shit in this and have some fun with it. Cause, uh, under the hood, it has a 280 horsepower, three and a half liter V6 engine. It also has tons of features I haven't yet explored. It has uh, it can keep it's, you know, it can do the lane keep assist where you can see the steering wheel moving itself. It's got all kinds of crash sensing. Uh, it, I haven't opened up the bed yet to see what's going on in there, but I can see that there's some cutouts for some things that open up. So I, I, I got to dive into this and really explore it a little bit. I only picked it up, you know, uh, Sunday and I'm talking to you where it's Monday here. You're listening on Wednesday. Uh, but the drive home from the airport, it drove really nice on the highway. Steering was a little light, but you know, I didn't expect much, um, the one thing I'm really curious about this, and you know, you don't 
say this. We don't really say this often. But I'm really curious to see what the SEMA crowd is going to do to these things. I want to see two versions. I want to see a buffed up, butched up, tough, off-road version with the lights and the, you know, a BFG tires and beadlocks and, and, and some cool stuff. I know they raced Baja in it, but I want to see like a street, a non-Baja version, but one that like the customer could drive in the street and then go off-roading it. That would be super cool. Imagine like a Ridgeline Type R. Well, no. No, that'd be my other version. So the second version I'm thinking is like a tuned street version. Lowered a little bit, but not slammed on the ground. Lowered a little bit. Some nice wheels tucked in there. Um, there's, I mean, there's tons of stuff that tuners can do with that 3.5 liter V6. So that's fun. It'd be cool to swap in the manual gearbox from the Accord Coupe. That would be really cool. I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm, I say I'm sure. I don't know. You know, maybe the engine layout's all wrong and it's, it's not going to happen. But... Um, I feel like there's some cool tuning possibilities with this thing. I think we could see some really cool ridge lines in the near future. I really look forward to seeing that. Uh, but so far, uh, my time with the truck, it's been brief. But, I mean, I, I like it so far. The sound system's good. It has Apple CarPlay, and the Audi Q7 did too. And I, I hate CarPlay. I have, enjoy- I have not enjoyed it in one car I've driven in. It's just annoying. It just seems to constantly get in the way, which is the opposite of what you want from a system like that. It, it does a, a mirror of your iPhone where it, what I wish it would do is do a secondary display almost because say your say, say your um, passenger has their phone plugged in and they get a text. Well, the text will pop up on the screen and they want to – and I want to turn that off. Well, it will take it off on its phone. It, like it's this really annoying thing where it's like it, it's operating both things at once. It would be better if like whatever was on the screen was on the screen and the iPhone, you could do whatever you want on the iPhone. I understand why they do it that way, but, you know, I don't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. So after the ridge line, <clears throat> I'm supposed to get the R8. Yes, the new R8. And I'm very much looking forward to this car. But I may have to push it back because I'm heading back east again. Um, it's uh, this guy's weekend we do with you know some of those same friends I went to Pearl Jam with. We do it every year when we can. I wasn't able to go last year. It normally coincides with our fantasy football draft. And I'm not in the league, but I go to see these guys and have fun. Um, and there are some other friends who go up for the same thing. But it's just it's such a fun weekend. My, my one friend has a house on Lake Ospie in New Hampshire. And it's just guys I don't get to see as often as I'd like. And we just get drunk and eat food and, and be dumb. Even though as we're getting older, you know, we have less and less time to do that. Um, but you got to make time to do that. So I don't want to cut that car short where I would be like giving up a whole weekend with the car. I'm going to get the car for a week, but if I keep it over this trip, I'd have to drop it off at an airport on a Thursday night, whereas I would normally be keeping it until the following Monday. So I think you you could see why I would want to push this car back. I don't want to cut my R8 time short. I, I mean, this new R8 looks awesome. It looks like, you know, the the I don't want to say the gentleman's Uricon because the Lamborghini Uricon is fantastic now. But, I mean, it really is. It, it is like the, the more relaxed person's Lamborghini Uricon. So that's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for that. i got to push it back. But it is, it, it's already on the books, so it's going to happen soon, which is a very good thing. Speaking of things that have happened soon, uh, I keep talking about how I drove the Grand Sport. And if you're watching this, well, you know what? Because I'm posting the Grand Sport video tonight on YouTube. So you already know. You already know. And if you don't know... Go check our YouTube channel because my Grandsport drive is live. I'm going to be honest here. I don't love – every now and then I create a video 
and I don't love it. And I put it out there. And sometimes those are the ones where people are like, oh man, this one's so great. And it's weird. And I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm doing where they say that. Whereas other ones where I put like everything I have into it and I put it out there and people, and it's like crickets. Um, I mean, you just never know on some of these things. And it's been the same way for, for written work or, or the video stuff. It's, it's really interesting that that happens sometimes. So, you know, I don't know. And this grand sport video, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I just, I didn't have enough time to shoot the footage I wanted. So I got, I, I wish I could have said things a little bit more cleanly, made my, my dialogue of the car a little bit tighter, but this is a first drive. And I've said this before in past podcast episodes, first drives are difficult because you only have so much time. And then I want to, I mean, also when there's a first drive, if there's a first drive just on the road, I'll get it done. But my problem happens when there's a first drive and it takes place on a racetrack because I think you can you know, understand this. I want to drive the car as much as possible on a racetrack. I know I'm there to do my job and I, you know, I'm doing my job. And if I was just doing a written review, I, I could just turn laps, turn laps, turn laps. But I have to shoot video. So I have to set up cameras. I have to wait. I have to wait till there's enough time. I have to try to get this other stuff. I have to think about what I'm going to say. But I don't have time to do that. So it's all you know shooting from the hip. Which, I mean, I do that in a lot of my other videos. But I have time to think about what I said. Let's go back. Let's shoot that again. We're out there. You have so many laps. You just got to get it done. Um and that's, I mean, that's kind of why, you know, when I say something like this grand sport, I don't love it. It's because I wish I could have done different, sh- you know, a little bit more driving shots on track. Uh, a few other, I wish I was set at different things while I was driving on the track. So I'll put it out there. Um, I, I mean, I think it'll do all right, but we'll see. We'll see, you know, s- sound off on, on Twitter, Facebook, and, and the YouTube actually sound off, you know, in the comments of both the website, universe.com itself and the, the YouTube channel sound off there. Let me know what you think. I listen to all of it. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with all of it. Like someone who said he didn't like my red watch, you know, I'm still going to wear that. There was a recent, co- oh, no, I got to save that. I got to save that because it's a YouTube comment. So we'll save that. But it was about wardrobe stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll save that. Speaking of videos, I saw a video I watched today. Yeah, that's one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever said. I saw a video that I watched today. Take that one in. Uh, I enjoyed a video that I watched today by our friend Matt Farah. Uh, he didn't put it out today, but I, I've been delayed on watching my YouTube subscription stuff. Um, he, it's about, and I say subscription, just the stuff I've hit subscribe on, not like paid subscription stuff. It's uh, He put out um, a video about learning from track telemetry and data. Essentially, he drove the EXR LVO2. This is that, 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 spec series tube chassis car that I actually got to drive a while back with Matt and uh, Mark Baruth, who was either covering for road and track or Jalopnik. I think Jalopnik and EXR is based in Vegas and they're doing a spec series at a number of tracks. So Matt got invited back this time to drive the car at Mazda, Mazda raceway, Laguna Seca. And he got 10 laps in the car in the beginning. Then he came in. And he sat with their pro, Alex Prima. I believe that's how you pronounce his name, Prima. It's P-R-E-M-A-T, but he's French, so it's Prima. Um, and then they compared Matt's laps, Matt's best lap, to the pro's lap. And obviously the pro's going to be faster. But looking at the data side by side, you can see wh- which turns the pro is breaking way later or getting on the gas earlier or not using brakes at all or using like it just to see what the pro is doing. It's amazing. So then they put Matt back in the car. 
he drove 10 more laps and you could, you know, now knowing where he could pick up time and he did pick up a little bit of time, but there's, you know, he made a great point at the end, Alex, I don't know if he is an owner of the series or, I mean, he's very involved so that if he wiped out a car, it wouldn't be the end of him. If Matt crashes one of those cars, that's a very big deal. So he's not, you know, he's going at 9.5 tenths, whereas Alex is going at 10 tenths. And I'm not making excuses for Matt here at all. Matt can drive. Matt's faster than I am, no question. Um, what I'm, I mean, I'm on his side here. So, there's, I mean, also, Alex is a 20-year pro. He's raced everything. There's no question he's going to be faster. Um, but it was really cool to see just how fast Alex was because then Matt put up an in-car video of Alex driving. And you could see, I mean, there's a reason pros, you know, they use that term ragged edge. The wheel is moving more. He's using so much more of the track. He's breaking way later. In some turns, he's not breaking at all where Matt was touching the brakes. It was amazing to see. It was a great visual to see, you know, the difference of when you're doing stuff like that. So, that I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I'm just adjusting something so I can see where I'm at here time-wise on this. Okay, perfect. Uh, no, no, not for how long I'm going. I know it hasn't been that long, but just for the video or the garage band stuff. <clears throat> so that was really cool. Liked that video. Another video I saw that I really enjoyed was, uh, a, an engine masters video. Engine masters is a series on the motor, Tr uh, motor trend YouTube channel. And it's hosted by David Freiberger of roadkill and hot rod garage and all that stuff. And the guy's a genius when it comes to engine stuff. Um, in the engine Masters series, they just try and teach you all sorts of stuff about building engines. Uh, and it's amazing. And this latest one is about picking the right headers. And I thought it was timely because I'm in talks with Hedman. I don't know some headers going by outside. I'm in talks with Hedman to get headers for the truck. So this was perfect timing on this video. Uh, now, they had like a tunnel ram high horsepower setup where they were testing different header pipe diameters to see what effect it had on horsepower and torque because they have it all on an engine dyno. Um, and But just the engine, the knowledge they're sharing while they're giving each other shit is great. If you haven't seen Engine Masters on YouTube, go check it out because it is, I mean, it is really good. It is really, really enjoyable stuff. Uh, every episode, I think they put them out first on the Motor Trend On Demand. I could be wrong about that, but they always end up putting them on Motor Trend later. So even if they're you're not getting the newest ones, just go back and watch, watch them because... They're so good. They, they, I mean, they really know their shit, and it's awesome to listen to them and learn learn so much. It's, it's really good stuff. So now I'm going to dive into some questions, and I am going to answer the page, read and answer the Patreon questions first because those people are just ever so slightly better than you. That's just the way it goes now, now that we're in this game. So let me see what I got here. All right. So I said, hey, I'm recording tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got it. All right, let me click here. Um, all right. Edwin Dina Velez asks, I bought my GTI Mark VII manual a month ago. Should I autocross it or wait till next year? I have about 600 miles on it. Uh, I think you're, I, I would assume you're past break-in. I would assume it's 500 miles on that thing. I mean, if, if it's broken in according to dealer specs, um, and you, you understand the wear and tear that comes with autocrossing, go for it. That's a fun car. GTI Mark seven. I mean, that's, that's a sweet little, sweet little ride. Uh, so you can, um, it, it's one of the more entertaining front wheel drive cars out there. Absolutely. Go autocross it. Blake Hopper. Can you recommend some good Pilsner style beers? I, I've had good Pilsners. 
but I don't drink them very often. So I don't typically remember them. So I apologize for that. But I could recommend some really good beers that are, they're still like, they're still ales, but they, um, they're, they're, they're not difficult they're not crazy, you know, hard to find stuff. They're just better than like, there's a, what is it? It's um bootleggers Palomino ale, I think should be like the standard basic American beer. Like that should be our Budweiser because it's so effing good. If that was the beer we exported to the rest of the world, they wouldn't still be making the jokes, which are way out of date and not true about our beer being worse. Our, we have the best beer in the world here in the United States. I strongly believe that. He also has a second question. Favorite music to listen to while driving, specific song, artist, or album? Pearl Jam. It's Pearl Jam. Um, I, I, when I photograph a car, I usually try to put on um, you know, Channel 22 on satellite radio. Uh, I listen to Pearl Jam as often as I can. But I really, I, um, if it's not going to be Pearl Jam, I'll do um, classic rock. I really like uh, the classic stuff. Um, I like, um, what do I like? I, I've been trying to force my daughter to listen to some Pink Floyd. Um, I like, uh, Kings of Leon is all right. That, you know, for more modern stuff. I, uh, I like the Beatles. Um, I like rap too. I mean, who doesn't like rap? Um, I like, uh, classic rap, modern rap. Um, I really like everything except, and I know this is going to be painful for some of you, I really like everything except country. I've just never been able to get into country. I really, really like, um, if you're into comedians, go watch, uh, what the fuck's his name? I can't believe I'm blanking on this. Hold on. I got to look. Oh, uh, it's uh, uh, Bo Burnham. Go <laughs> go see Bo Burnham's latest stand-up and see his part where he talks about country music. That was just fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, uh, Pearl Jam's number one, and then like classic rock, hip-hop, rap, um, it kind of goes from there. So, um, who else I've been listening to lately? I mean, Red Fang's pretty good if you really want to push it and, and get hard with it. Um, there's a few songs off, and I don't, I'm not a huge electronic music guy at all, but like n- not even at all anything, but the, um, the Tron Legacy soundtrack by Daft Punk, there are some really good driving songs on there. Nate Skinner asked one of the weirdest questions I've ever been asked. Would you rather have a 10-inch long belly button that swayed to music or have accordions for legs? I think I really like my legs, so I'd go with the weird belly button, but then I would do sexual things to people with the belly button. So there's that. Um, Yeah, that's my answer. Kevin Schrage asks, going to be in California, Nevada for the Lemons Rally. Jealous. Uh, That's me saying jealous. I'm jealous that he's doing that. That's awesome. What are your must-try beers from the Bay Area? I mean, you can just start right off with um, Anchor Steam because that's like old faithful up there. But, I mean, you got to try Pliny. You definitely got to find Russian River. Um, almost anything from Russian River and you'll be in good, in good shape. So, yeah, find anything from Russian River and you'll be in heaven. Um, I guarantee it. It's, I mean, if you like beer. Uh, and then, finally, David asks, guilty pleasure cars or car cultures as of late? I don't have any recent guilty pleasure car cultures. Um, I I did search when I was in Atlanta for the Grand Sport Drive. I I did go on Craigslist and look at donks. I would totally drive one of those. Um, I have always liked low riders. I wish I could get my hands on one of those someday. I think those are fucking awesome. Uh, guilty pleasure cars. I mean, you could consider the Q7 a guilty pleasure car, kind of, but it's just... I, I always go back to the Escalade as my guilty pleasure car because it's a vehicle I shouldn't like, but um, there's something about it where it's just so good these days. Uh, 
And it's, I mean, I even like the older version and that one wasn't that great. That's probably, that's all I can think. I'm trying to think of other guilty pleasure cars. I mean, my truck might be a guilty pleasure, but that's not a guilty pleasure. That's an earned pleasure. It's pleasure. Um, so those are the Patreon questions. Thank you guys in more ways than one. Let's jump over to the Twitterverse. Uh, let me just refresh this to see where we're at on Twitterverse. All right. Ooh, someone named Bill West started following me. I was hoping it was Billy West. That would be so amazing. Um, all right. Let's see. Scroll down. Scroll down. I mean, we've got a lot of questions. Right. Jonathan Klein asked me if I was at home or he could stop by the studio. No, but he might record with Chris Hayes later this week. So stay stand by for that. I, I think you guys enjoy when Jonathan's on. I, I think. I've never got a lot of feedback on Jonathan, but I like Jonathan. So, Okay, Michael D. At MDVHRO. What features that only occasionally pop up do you love? For me, it's mirrors with signals and adjustable pedals. You must drive not drive a lot of new cars because every mirror has signals, but that's fine. Not all of them have adjustable pedals. The adjustable pedals are cool, but I normally have them set you know, nearly all the way back anyways. The occasional feature that pops up that I love... Oh, massage seats. Yeah, no question. It's massage seats. Um, massage Or manual gearboxes. Massage seats... And manual gearboxes don't normally go together. But if there was a car that had both of them, now we're talking. Uh, MDVHR also asks, eventually will we see a Wombat versus Hoom Truck video? As, as I mean, I hope so. It's, it's, I hope so. I, I just, I hope so. Jake, at Sweet and Low 2. How much do you hate Zach Clapman and Hayes Data? You can be honest, it's just us. They'll never know. I love them both. Um... I love them both. I, I I miss having Chris on. He's been very busy, so I'm looking forward to doing some more episodes with him soon. But I also really love having Zach on, and I think you guys do too. And he also enjoys it. Bygrave, at Nick underscore Bygrave. The new Renault Alpine, it's Alpine, right? Should be good competition for the Cayman GTS and Alpha 4C. Do you think it will come stateside? No, I do not. Not an effing chance. <clears throat> um at Mike or Mike Lawton at M Lawton thirteen eighty eight. When are you going to beef up the Hoom truck and really put the wood down? That is a great question. Uh, I'm working on headers and exhaust, but I know that isn't really beefing up the truck. Uh, that'll just make more noise. I think I'm going to have to do something with the, the suspension. I don't want to really mess with the front too much, just because I love that it's a twin I beam. But I think there's a lowering there's a lowering beam out there, which could be cool. Um, once I get some of this stuff sorted. Uh, I really, I mean, I, I want to do valve seals, but then I also at some point want to just dive in and completely um, redo the engine. And when I do that, that's when it happens. I want to go in and stroke it out because I'm pretty sure a 428 crank fits in that block, the FE block, the 352, 360, 390. Um, and then we're, I mean, then we're getting into some, some really good stuff there. Um, so I believe me, it's all of that's in the back of my head. I want to put in a, a pedal box, a modern pedal, like it's like Tilton pedals, um, just because I love the way that the uh, the Gas Monkey guys hit. What is it, a Pikes Peak Falcon that he created? Um, was Aaron or I forget his name? I don't watch that fucking show. He um, that car though, is so rad, and I love the Tilton. I don't know even know if it was Tilton, but the pedal box. I want to do that in my truck. Uh, Mlon thirteen eighty eight also asked if you could modify any front wheel drive car for track or canyon roads, which would you choose? Um, I mean, my Civic was fun. Maybe yeah, actually, you know, now that I think about it, maybe some sort of um, Focus ST, Fiesta ST, or and I'm assuming you're talking about brand new cars. So then I'd also think like GTI, probably something in that vein. Uh, if you're thinking older cars, I'm thinking like Integra or Civic because uh, those are great too. 
at Jessup Miller, let everyone know how great Brian Clausen was. Now, I, I, we all know that um, Brian sadly lost his life. He was in a crash. It didn't, it didn't end up well. He was airlifted to the medical center and he didn't survive. Uh, I don't, I didn't know him. I didn't follow him. So I can't, you know, go on and on as if I did, like we did when we met Justin Wilson. I'm actually wearing a Justin Wilson shirt right now, which is kind of odd and unplanned. Um, everything I've read about the guys, he was amazing. He was one of those guys who was a great driver, um, you know, a driver's driver, but also just a really good guy. And I mean, he just drove his ass off and he could drive everything. He was, what was it? His 117th of 200 races and he was winning races and he was doing real, real well. And, you know, he leaves behind a, a family and, um, it sucks. He had a fiance and a sister and, uh, and parents and, I mean, you can always say it's racing. That's what happens. But it, I mean, it sucks when it happens. So you will be missed. Rest in peace, buddy. Um, but I can't act like, you know, I knew him. Um, I think our friend Rutledge Wood knew him, which is, I feel bad for Rut. Um, J Doms asked at, at Nostradams for someone who wants a cool car, but only drives once or twice a week. What do you buy for 15? I mean, you can get a lot if you're barely going to drive it. I would think classic at that point. Um, other people could chime in, you know, respond on Twitter, uh, and you could, ref- you could find other things, but I mean, I, my truck was three. So imagine what you could do with, I'm not going to, with more five times. Sorry. I've had some wine. Imagine what you could do with five times that. Um, so, I mean, you could do tons with that. I drive, I drive my truck about once or twice a week when I'm traveling and I have press cars. Um, if I'm not, I try to drive it more. So you know, keep doing, yeah, find a fucking old truck or any muscle car. Get a muscle car. Dallas Sullivan at, um, lol salad. Uh, keep seeing full size Jeeps pop up on bring a trailer. Huge fan of the trucks myself. Cost is all over the place. Prime examples, 30 to 40,000. Think regular ones will start going up like Broncos and FJs. So Tim Odell, who is the co-owner of Hooniverse sold his for like, I don't know, nine. So they're out there. You just got to find them. The wa- and this was a, a, a Wagoneer and a 69. It was in pretty good shape. Um, they, they're out there. I've seen, um, I've seen like really nice sorted FJ cruisers or uh, FJs for uh, 25, 20. So, I mean, they're, Broncos are crazy. Toyotas are still plausible. If you really want to be a badass, though, find a Nissan Patrol. They exist. They're out there. I've seen three of them in my area. So, I mean, you can do it. Uh, Rob Arcus, who's at Hans underscore Coolidge. When the hell is Rutledge Wood going to be in the podcast? Great question. Uh, he's very busy. He was just at the Olympics covering that for NBC Sports Network. So, he's, I mean, he's crushing it. He's doing great stuff. Justin Hughes, at Justin Hughes 54. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? I am not up on my holy grail um, lines at the moment, or I would answer back correctly. So I'm not going to butcher that and do it wrong. I should have planned ahead and had it all written up. Um, that sucks. I really love that movie. R. Vale, who's, and I'm, I'm not pre-reading these. I'm like literally scrolling up. Uh, R. Vale, at SXM Rob. Thoughts on the mid-engine Corvette rumors? Will GM alienate the traditional vet, vet buyer? And did for, poor Viper sales help the decision? 
That is assuming poor Viper sales was the result of holding on to the old chassis formula too long. Um, that's actually a pretty good question there. I don't think Corvette would do anything to alienate the traditional vet buyer. If anything, they're trying to expand the buyer base, and I think they've done that with the C7. I think if they add a mid-engine model, but it's still basically a Corvette, the Corvette guys will still buy it, and then you'll get new people who will be like, who will know, oh, maybe it's finally a world-class sports car, even though it has been for a bit now. Um, I, they, you know, you know how I know they don't want to alienate the traditional vet buyers because remember the prior Grand Sport, they took that from a limited edition car to what was essentially a trim now at that point, and they sold twenty eight thousand of them, and it was the best selling vet I think of all the C sixes. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's the case. Um, so I think with the mid engine Corvette, if they're totally changing it up like that, they're not going to alienate any, not going to alienate anybody. Um, they just could be actually opening the brand up to even more people. Um, and it's funny, Corvette Society liked that tweet that uh, Arvale asked. And Steph Schrader, at Steph the Pef from Jalopnik, asked, chicken or duck? And she wrote, pick chicken. No, because duck is much better. Uh, duck confit? Uh, as you know, I am a very fancy automotive journalist, and I've had very delicious, expensive dinners. It's duck confit all the way. Um, so, yeah, there's that one. Those are all the Twitter questions. So that wasn't bad. Uh, I think we're actually running a little bit better than I thought tonight on time. I mean, I could be wrong. I, I don't have a stopwatch, and I've only vaguely glanced at the clock. But uh, next week, like I said, Mr. Clapman is back. And I think it's about time for a fresh batch of the YouTube Commenters edition, like I said. And this time I'm going back into some of the newer Rugged Ridge ones because they're still going on. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I must have used like, like hashtag Trump or something when I did the keywords for that one. It's it's amazing, it is amazing. But whatever. Uh, to the Patreon folks, your stickers are literally heading to the post office, so stand by for that. Uh, thank you for being patient on that. I mean, I don't, I mean, I I don't think I'm too far behind on that. Uh, the lucky folks waiting on t-shirts. I'm finalizing the designs this week. So thank you again for that. You guys are amazing. And then for anybody else who's interested, I'm going to do this at the end of all of them. Now, patreon.com slash Hooniverse podcast, uh, sign up, help us out, you know, be, be cool. Don't be all uncool. Um, and that would be, that'd be great. And now I'm just looking for this thing so I can slide it back and and key up the outro music because I'm recording it a little bit differently tonight. And I think I've got it lined up. Uh, so let's see what happens as I keep talking and it keys into it. There it is. Oh, that's the start of it, isn't it? And then we can raise it up a little bit. Um, boop. Boop. Okay, so this was episode 164. Like I said, Zach and I will be back next week. and We'll have more car stuff to talk about. And until then, thanks for listening. Go to iTunes to rate and review us, and we'll see you later. Bye.